Hello, welcome to uh, The Downside. Russell Daniels, how are you doing? I'm really good, John Marco. How are you? I am interested to tell that we're going to start these episodes a new way, and I want to surprise <laughs> you with it here. Wow, okay. I decided, originally we do, how are you? How are you? I say bad, essentially. Yeah. And, then, and then we move on. I decided I want to start each episode with either a sad quote or a sad fact or or something negative sad. I want to get people in the the mood. Okay. The mood for the blues. Okay. And this one, I actually I was I was going through the Twitter of our guest today, Michael Cruz Kane, and uh, he, this was a retweet. Um, this was a study by Launch L A A U N C H. This was on MSNBC. They aired it. They asked a bunch of Americans. They said to name a prominent Asian American that comes to mind. Eleven percent said Jackie Chan. Nine percent said Bruce Lee. And 42% said, don't know. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. What do you think of With this idea? I like it. Do you like that I surprise you during the recording? I do. You surprise me a lot. I know. I I, it is fun. Now, you surprised uh, me with a song about my dead dog last week. <laughs> not like, well, it's two weeks ago now. Oh, yeah. We yeah, have yeah. a timeline. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, well, I'm going to surprise you again. Let's see. How many prominent Asian Americans can you name, Russell? Go. Three. <laughs> I, I don't Just like these surprises because and, you know what? Do you, can you not name any? I can name lots, but I'm not going to play these games. I'm not your your monkey. Okay, all right. I was just saying I I can name a bunch. I wrote down a bunch. I was going to really one up you, Thomas Zakaria, a great computational material scientist. You, you're reading those. Yeah, well, because I I already had them oh, written down on the notepad before okay, okay. I did this. Okay, I, sure, I write prominent Asian Americans on paper <laughs> to inspire right, right. me. You know, I do like that you have the pad now. I feel like you're. Even more so than the technology that you bought. I feel like you are taking this seriously because you take notes now. And you didn't used to, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each episode, I, 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 like I it's more upgrade intense. a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so uh, welcome to The Downside. I'm going to do this, too. This is a, a, an interview show. Me and my bussy, uh, buddy, my bussy, <laughs> my bussy, Russell Daniels. Um, we interview people. We talk about the negatives. We talk about the sad things. So many, so many podcasts. Like Dak Shepard is the one that comes to mind, where everything's good, and he brings on like Hillary Clinton, and it's just like you know, let's talk about dancing, and yeah, it's like yeah. everyone you know in your life that's positive <laughs> and nice is either a pedophile or they're going to kill oh themselves, or they sometimes both Marco. very frequently. So the truth is, things are 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 shitty. And we should talk about it because then we can have fun. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I don't want to cut you off. It's funny that you mentioned Dak Shepard because I was just looking at Kristen Bell's Instagram today. Mm. And it was funny to me because, you know, she's a talented uh, person. No doubt. And But, like, she's one of those people that, like, shares, like, the most generic, like, memes. Yes. Of, like, you're only as special as you feel. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just thought that was funny. To, she, like, have a, a real person. Like, she doesn't need to share that. But she, she must genuinely feel it, then. She got some flack because she wrote a children's book, I believe, where it was about, like, people who have purple skin. And it was, and it was like, you should treat people with purple skin. It was, like, that kind of generic, mm. like, I don't care whether you're black, white, or purple. And it's like, what the fuck do you mean purple? That's not what we're taught. It's just like this. It's it's that same line of thought thinking like, oh, this is this is useful. We'll teach the kids that color just is it's just whatever. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. And it doesn't actually talk about the world as it is and things to deal with. You hear that, Dax Shepard and Chris Bell. I would love for to you be on Dax's show. 
Um, there will come a point where you'll feel it in the podcast when we start doing better and you start hearing us not talk shit about celebrities. Hopefully. Hopefully, if everything goes according to plan. I'm, I'm stopping now. <laughs> um, I wanted to I wanted to bring up uh, so so you know we we're we're kind of recording a bunch of episodes in advance. We're figuring out this whole system, but I feel like this will be far enough away from where it happened that I can really talk shit about this. Okay. I was hosting a comedy show. Okay. Here's my like downside. I have to come up with a name with this. I guess my downside of the week or whatever. And uh, I try not to host if I can, but I'm um, you know clubs are reopening. Trying to get my my name back out there. And uh, this was a club where it's a little bit haphazard. And one of the one of the comedians, he came on and he had hidden one of his arms in his shirt, so it looked like he had one arm. I'd seen this man before, and he had two arms, and you could tell, you could tell. Yeah. And he said, "I want you to introduce me. Say that I uh, this is my first time on stage." And I work for the club, and we're just, you know, please be nice to this guy. We're going to give him a few minutes. And then he's like, and then I'm going to run off the stage, like, kind of nervous. And then you go back up, and you're like, whoa, that was crazy. Uh, and then you bring me up by my actual name. And I... Classic bit. I, <laughs> I hate, there's nothing I hate more than when you ask a host that you're not close to... To do a full sketch. To participate in a joke that you wrote, because you're asking me to be part of... a. You, I, you haven't asked me if I think it's funny, or in this case, I think it's probably wildly inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and then he, <laughs> and then he comes over multiple times. He's like, make sure. And then he said this. He said, "Do not say, give him a hand." And I'm like, oh, you know, I, I bet I know what his first line is. And he goes up and you know, give me, come on, give me a hand. Oh my god. And then he proceeds to tell five minutes worth of jokes that are really. I'm not one of those people like you know. I'm, uh, we're like, well, you shouldn't. The jokes he told should only be allowed to be said by someone who has one arm. <laughs> there but, must be that okay, comedian but, out there, and he or she gets or, or they gets full rights to these jokes that he told and faked. Okay, but if he was one of, were they even good jokes for that? I mean, they were all some version of like he was going to charge me an arm and a leg. Luckily, no, I had okay. a coupon. <laughs> Which, to be fair, it's cute. Uh, but then you you make me the liar. Then I'm the host, and, and I'm like, I, I lied to the audience. Yeah. So they're not going to believe me next time when I say, you know, this next comic's great, or only a couple comics left. What did you do? I, I did the whole fucking shit. Oh, I wish I was that. cool enough to say no. Yeah. I wish I was cool enough to go up there and say, this next guy asked me to say that he has one arm. No, but then that's a shitty position to be in, too, because then you're throwing him under the bus, even though he's doing a weird, weird shitty I thing. I wish you had to do that with every comic. That Like, the next guy says he's a warlock, <laughs> and then that guy comes up. Yeah. There's one guy, he, I mean, this is not that infrequent, but he says, I'm a, uh, hopefully no one listens to this episode, but he <laughs> Really says, rolling the dice. Yeah. <laughs> he says, um... Uh, tell them I'm your really good friend. Make sure you say that. Make sure you say that, that you're like, that I'm your really good friend. Give it up for a really good friend. Boop, boop, boop. Then he comes up, give it up for what's his name. And I'm like, that's your oh, opener? No. That's your opener. The opener is a sacred line <laughs> no. you work. The openers are so hard to write. And that's the cheapest fucking bullshit in the world. Yeah. Also, because you're not really selling it either. You know, you're not being like going on and on yeah, about it. But I wish I was a dick and I was like, this next guy is my best friend. You should. Then he would have ate it. He and you would have shown him. Yeah. Yeah. And he would be talking about this on his podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, did you want to talk about anything? Nothing. Then fuck off. All right. <laughs> then let's bring up our guest. You've heard him a, a little bit. Uh, please. Yeah, you. I mean, this is going to come out after the fact, but this guy, he's known around town for opening for me at City Steam Brewery. That's my uh, number one credit. <laughs> Can I say who your, your manager is? We talk about her on the pod. That's, that's fine by me. Uh, uh, his manager is on the pod. Is, that's true. That's true. Tova Silverman, my girlfriend. Uh, the, we recorded this podcast at... May 18th, she was my girlfriend at this point in time. Who knows? Uh, wow. Please give it up for Michael Cruz Kane. Welcome. Go, 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 go. That's my own sounds. First of all, the, I didn't realize the theme music is uh, what's that? Who did that? Uh, Douglas Goodhart. He's a member of our sketch team, Uncle Function. He did a wonderful job. Really good. When that theme music went, I was like, holy crap, That's that blows. The whole rest, I mean, people can't, oh, they can't, it's, it's on camera. The rest of this setup is nothing compared to yes. that theme music. That That's is true. really a step up. Are you enjoying your that. cold, filtered water right now? I, I almost, I drank the whole thing. I biked here, uh -huh. so I drank this much water very quickly. I'm going to be parched the rest of the time. Sure. I also want to say before we go anywhere with this, I'm a big supporter of Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell. I love them. Good I love oh, the yes, fucking good. podcast. I love the guy, the, what's the show? Good Parent, place. Parenthood? Did you watch Parenthood? Oh, no. I Forget, love Parenthood. Good Place is great, but Parenthood. I love Parenthood. I'm convulsing with tears, every like blood coming out of no, my I eyes. No, I agree. I agree. I, I am a huge Parenthood fan, and I get made fun of a lot, but it's a beautiful show. And she's also she's also Broadway talented. Do you know that about Kristen Bell? Kristen Bell? Yeah, of course I know okay, that Okay, I don't Kristen know. I'm, it's really for the benefit of your Reefer audience. Reefer Madness, the musical. There we go. One of the best movie musicals. And also, musicals. I believe, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. The short-lived, the Adventures of Tom Sawyer. I haven't, I haven't seen that one. Well, no, you can't see it. There's no place to see it. I don't think it went. I don't think it went very well. Which is not Kristen Bell's fault. This is like I'm a, sure. Now, tell me about your musical theater background because you. I went to college to get a music degree, like a singing uh, vocal performance was and my Russell yes. did that as well. Yes. Okay, we're yeah. close personal friends. Wow. And uh, my a concentration. Oh no, vocal. What the hell is my degree? Uh, concentration in musical theater. Oh shit. V uh, Bachelor of Music concentration in vocal performance. But what that meant was I did a bunch of musicals in college, and then sure. I think the longer the degree, the more meaningless. It yes, is. I, I the guy who ran my department um, uh, was like did a lot of regional theater, and so I would frequently be taken out of school to just go do shows with him. So I almost didn't go to college. Like I would take. That's not true. I probably took. Like I probably was at college two thirds of the time that a person would be in college and because he was the head of the department we could just he'd be just like you know give him an a so i would just get an a in music theory but oh only God. be at two-thirds of the classes wow yeah so crazy i've never crazy. heard you sing though have you stopped singing um i sing sometimes i have like I, a voice that i would describe as um <laughs> ethereal uh no it's more like ethereal that, that makes what it does sound that mean, ethereal? that's like it, enya to me yeah it does sound like enya it's more i guess godlike <laughs> it's more like that it's more like Are you um, baritone tenor yeah baritone more of like um Jeez, who would I, who's another person? Maybe, are you familiar with the work of John Raitt? Kind of in that mm -hmm. world. Yeah. Uh, the original Billy Bigelow from Carousel. Mm. It's, there's no way anyone is still listening to this podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have, we have Everyone a heavy theater. Is out. We, have a, we have a heavy theater. Uh, Let's I would do say, original Billy Bigelow. <laughs> I, I would say for like two straight hosts, we have like a very heavy Jewish and a heavy gay audience. In general, and musical, and yeah. musical theater. Who 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 was the that. last heavy gay Jew who does musical theater? The heavy gay Jew. We're gonna have Harvey Firestein. <laughs> yeah. Very soon. We could have him one day. I bet. I sure. love. Or we Harvey could do Firestein. you doing the character the whole time yeah, and yeah, pretend yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that. Oh, you yeah. do a Harvey Firestein character. I do. I do. I You're do. supposed Sometimes. to. Say I do in the voice. This no, is, that's, that's, I don't want to. I did it on the podcast. You make me do the first podcast. Not everyone has heard it. Say something. They can look it up. I will. We'll talk. Harvey Firestein, what has got to stop? <laughs> no, I'm not doing it again. He okay. doesn't want to do it, John All Marco, right, fine. for the love of God. So 
Uh, well, speaking of Carousel, was it the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn? Maybe it wasn't Tom. Maybe it was Huck Finn. Uh, Kristen Bell was in a thing about Huck Tom. Finn. A, a Tom. Yeah. A, uh, what's his name? Mark Twain. Okay. Anyway, we've moved on. Yes. Car- well, I was saying Car- Well, well, because I did Carousel. You did Carousel. I did Carousel in college. My, my but freshman year. Did you both play Big? Billy Bigelow. No. Well, I, I did like a. I did. It was a song cycle. If I'm being honest. Okay. I'm not, you know, it's a little embarrassing. <laughs> I was in a song okay. cycle. Okay. And I did. The, there's a big song called Soliloquy. And yeah, sure. People oh, yeah. We've uh, all sung it. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, Billy Bigelow. He thinks he's about to have a kid, and he imagines what it's going to be like if it's a boy. How he's going to raise him to be, you know, a cis white man. Yeah. And not always though. In, in new productions, I love the idea of always... him saying cis white man <laughs> in the song, though, which he absolutely does not. My cis boy white belt. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and but then he's like oh my god what if it's a girl and he starts thinking about like how he's, he's really got to protect her and so there's this big final moment it's a great song where he goes he's like I'll go out and make it or steal it and I was doing it and I was like it's a long song and I was yeah. making it through but I'm like a baritone that you know cracks sometimes yeah. like, I'll go out and make it or steal it or take it or die <laughs> Ooh, the double. Oh, the double. He went down and came back double. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was truly, I mean, it was a very big music hall oh, in my must, college. Must have broken your entire soul it in Really, half. the kind of, I've bombed before in stand-up once or twice, and this was this was a different degree yeah. where no one could look me in the eye. Oh. I was like, I wanted someone to say it wasn't that bad. Cause you can John say Mark that with Con- comedy. You can be like, well, they're really thinking through your jokes. Um, <laughs> but when it's, but when it's, uh, when it's, when it's fucking music, you're like, we all heard that. Yeah. yeah. And it's not with a crack. It's not a wrong note. It's like 50 notes that came out. Like you're, I mean, it's one of those things where, the verb used to describe it is so accurate. It really is. It's like a cracking where you feel like you're all the sound splinters. Sure. Our origin stories, I feel like are very similar because I was in a production. This was a production, not a fucking song cycle <laughs> of Brigadoon singing that. Um, Will you favor, can you scoot a little bit to your left? Cause your, your, your right hand is very gesticulative. Okay. In yeah. Front sure. of the camera. Scooting to the left. Uh, is that good? No, do <laughs> you're going to block the camera. Oh, so this, fast. this that camera. camera yeah. Oh, I see. I thought it's it was this fine. one. Uh, okay. I'll, I can, I can restrain it. Sorry to interrupt. Your no, flow. it's wonderful. Well, the, um, I was in Brigadoon. Brigadoon. What was I talking about? Brigadoon. Oh, and there's a song. Um, maybe the sun gave me the power. I saw home in half uh-huh. an hour. Maybe the air, and I'm all aglow and alive. And I cracked so hard on it. And it really is like if I think about it, I'm there. I like can like close my eyes and be in that second where you're like, oh, this is not a career. <laughs> you know what I mean? That yeah. moment where you hit that note and you're like, or where you don't hit what it. What kind and of crack? Like, was it a oh, straight crack or was it a wobble like a, a Tarzan? I think it was like, a, it was like, it was a straight crack into complete silence, into my into me being like, I quit, I quit this note, I quit this note. <laughs> and then just like, okay, I'll try and sing the rest of the song and every note the rest of the time, I don't know what you were like if you kept singing after your song was over, but that's only the beginning of this song. That's before the real song yeah, even yeah, starts. Yeah. So there, every other note of the song, I'm like, day. I'm like really <laughs> clamping down on every note. I'm gonna get it just like this. That's, it was uh, rough. That's uh, I think that's an F or an F sharp on that song. I used to sing the song too. That, I'm sure we sang be. all the same baritone Must, songs. This is the same exact uh, audition book. That's that's tough. You see, I think a song cycle is not as bad as a musical because like you know, no one's rooting for you in the musical at that point. <laughs> the whole show is shot. I mean. <laughs> oh my God! I once saw Jesus Christ Superstar yeah. with Ted Neely. Oh, Ted great. Neely! No, but no, but he he was in the movie. But by the time I saw him, 
he was like 72 oh, okay and i mean you know he was touring he must be the only way he can make money anymore and it was one of these where gee, everyone else was teenagers and Ted Neely was Jesus 72. And it was the first time I was like rooting for the Romans. I was like, you got to get this <laughs> pedophile away from these kids. He was like, the whole show is like really weak. And then at the one part at the marketplace, he's like, ah! and that was it. That's the only part that he was like good for that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's this long extended sequence in the show where he's crucified and you're watching this old man in a diaper, essentially, being crucified. And someone was like, yeah. take him down. He's going to die up there. <laughs> yeah. I like I like the idea of supportive heckling from the crowd. Take him down. Take him down. <laughs> Come on. I was the first Jew to say, take the Jesus down. <laughs> um, speaking of, of Jew, you, you're you a Jew. I'm I'm Jewish on my dad's side. So I think like for the for the real Jews, it doesn't count. But Do, I am. Well, what about in your heart? In my, I, I feel, I feel culturally Jewish a little bit. I, um, I went, I was bar mitzvahed in Israel. Like my grandmother mm. at a certain point in my life, my We're grandmother was like, Israel, just so you know. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have a birthright joke on TikTok right now. And when I tell you that now people are commenting on my other videos saying, tell us your views on Palestine versus Israel. And I'm like, Oof. but, uh, you were your birthright. Not, I was not birthright. It no. was just like, I didn't do anything Jewish until I was 13, at which point my grandmother was like, you gotta, we gotta get some Judaism in here. So I learned my Torah portion from a, from like a, a audio file. And then I went to Israel and tried to recite the whole thing from memory. I'm part of like That's this, insane. you know, tour on a, on a, on Masada in Israel with like the air force flying overhead. I, I was bar mitzvah. I was like basically part of a tour group. It that's, was amazing. And I loved it. That's like, you've never been to church. And then when you're 13, you get fucked by a priest. Like it's like so intensely. I think, I think it shares. Uh, I can see the some yeah. qualities that it shares with that. I do feel like the analogy breaks down if you look at it too closely. Birthright in Israel. I mean, that's just like the most Stop Jewish. Stop saying birthright. It wasn't Not birthright. birthright. Bar mitzvah, but it was, it was your my birthright. Okay, well, there I see. you go. See, if you, you would know this if your mom was Jewish, but you're. That's right. Just, uh, just my dumb dad. I, I hate like uh, there's many things I problem with their religion but the idea that like your dad is jewish the fact that you had to you add that qualifier everyone does everyone does yeah. i say my mom's jewish so for real <laughs> you're circumcised yes that's what matters Wait, but why why is it that the only the mom counts something the it's the the, the the push juice have to be kosher. I don't know what DeMarco. it is. I don't believe. I'm not positive. I don't think push juice made it to the Torah. But I bet you it has something to do with the fact it's like, well, the thing was inside the wo was born and created inside oh, the woman, okay. and that's why okay. it counts. I probably. Think, I, I think there probably push is something. Juice. Like, you, the tone, the disdain Boom. with which you say it, I do feel like there is another way of thinking of it that's probably very cool. But uh, but your way your way is very it's very derisive. I think it might be a it might be nice. Maybe it's a nice. The women are the keeper of the of they keep they keep God. It's the women. I don't know. I'm making it up. But I bet I bet somebody was like I know we'll give you know what we'll give Leia. That's a cool so weird. Thing. They're the keeper yeah. of the God, but only men can be well, rabbis. Listen, man, how I strange. I don't know the rules. Um, how so? Uh, are you you have kids? Yes. Are you going to raise them? Jewish in any way, shape, or form? They are not raised Jewish, except that I'm anxious all the time. So that's the <laughs> that's the that's the amount of Judaism that they get. They probably absorb historical anxiety through the way that I behave. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but they have uh, some exposure to Christianity because my wife's parents are Christian, like for real Christian. You know what for I mean? Real. Like not like Christian. How anybody like I knew so many people growing up who were Christian, but they don't know anything about it. They're like you know chapter and verse, go to church, head of the Ooh. Sunday school, in the choir, the whole deal. 
So they are very sincere in their Christian beliefs. And when we're with them, they, they, I don't know if proselytize is the right word, but maybe it is. They want my kids to be Christian. Were they, were they baptized? My kids were baptized and I was baptized. I was baptized against my dad. Like my dad didn't even know that I was getting baptized. My mom was like, just like snuck me off oh. to get baptized. And then you came back, your dad's like, why is his forehead all wet? Hang on, this, this kid's soaking wet. <laughs> his whole face. Why is this kid going to heaven now? What's going on? <laughs> Hang on a damn minute. My dad, who is the Jewish one, is also basically not Jewish. I mean, like, not practicing in any way, doesn't believe any of the stuff. But he's yeah, like, that's he most can, Jews. Yeah, exactly. He's culturally Jewish, is what I say. Uh huh. So you never did birthright? I did not do birthright. I don't know what your deal is. Do you have a sponsorship with birthright? <laughs> <laughs> Why does birthright keep happening? Uh, have you ever, you've never been to Israel? No. <laughs> you've never been to Israel? <laughs> no, I haven't. I, uh, it was going to be a trick question. If you were like, you mean Palestine? That's what I was going to do. Oh, I was going to stab you. Okay, I, uh, okay. Sorry, so, I so, so you're Jewish. But just to say, because I definitely want to say my opinions on Israel-Palestine. Uh-huh. I, a, a thing that I do think about that is this. Can I talk about this here? Please. I, I yeah, don't. This is going to be a couple weeks, so the, it might have been completely resolved by then. Yeah. It's going to be a completely resolved. resolved. State, happily fucked. Well, the only thing I want to say about it is that if, if because of this, anyone were to ask me my opinions on Israel-Palestine, I would only say, I really don't know. I really, like, I, sure. I, I have a new thought about it every... I have no confidence in myself. So the second anyone tells me anything, I'm like, well, that's right. That, that, of course, is right. Yes. So my wife will send me a tweet during the day about someone saying this thing about Palestine. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Well, then th we should do this. And then later she'll send me a different tweet by somebody else. I'm like, well, hang on. There's also that. Oh, so your wife's playing both sides. My wife my, my <laughs> wife and I are both trying. We both sit and watch the news and are like, we got to find out what the what the answer to this is. Well, you know what's so funny? So all day we're reading all the, we're reading everything. But we're like, I don't, I okay, this, I read this article by this guy. Yeah. Now this seems right. And then she's like, but in the comments, someone said this. What about that? And you're like, oh, fuck. Well, maybe that. Maybe I have, that. I have, I mean, there's there's two thoughts. One, one is I feel like, A, I have the same feeling. And then I'm like, I'm sure that in World War II, there were Americans being like, it's just so confusing. Like, you know, but Hitler is bringing, like, I'm sure confusion is an easy thing I to agree. say. But number two is that I say, like, it is, uh, when it was about Trump or about, like, uh, local politics it's very complicated already when you're being fed propaganda and when you're finding truth and how to get enough information have an informed opinion but it's close to us so i get a more real sense of like i know a little bit about the supreme court and laws that that i i feel like i am a little more informed in who i like when it's from something that's not in america all of a sudden i'm like now I don't trust my news sources anymore. That's the thing, is that is that I... John Oliver becomes my news source, and I'm like, I don't believe that that's good either. Yeah, and my, we have uh, close friends who are Israeli, right? Mm. So, like, they have family there. Yeah. And so they have their opinions about it, and I'm going to be like, you're... What do you know? Just because you have family there and you live there your whole life, you think you know more about what me who just learned about this from my friend Gary on Facebook? Like, it just feels very weird yeah. to to assume that having no personal experience with it whatsoever, that I, 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 I feel much more like I just want someone to tell me the thing and I will, I'm on your team. Like, if, for to be like, here is the deal believe this and i'd be like great i i believe that i'm unsure of every belief that i, I you, have you could be like a civil war soldier and like depending on who you last talked to you change from the confederacy I think to that, the union yeah and just I, back and forth changing hats i think that is i think that is unfortunately very accurate like i'm not uh 
I, I don't say this about myself as an excuse. It's more like, um, it's more like something about me that's not good. It's not good that I don't have, I have no certitude in my life with anything. Like I'll be, I'll tell someone, you know, I, um, uh, did you know that, uh, Martin Van Buren was the first president who was born in America? And they'll be like, really? And I'm like, yeah, they'll say really again. I'll be like, well, Hang on, maybe not. Maybe like all I need is two reallys to be like, oh, I was wrong. I'm definitely not right sure, about that. Sure. Martin Van Buren, by the way, was the first president born in America. Did really? you know that? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, good one that time. <laughs> you know, Arrest, I forgot to tell you last. So I, a joke that I what wanted is this to, podcast about? Are we doing? We're the podcast? gonna get negative. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, 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 we're gonna get negative soon. But I just want to say, Russell, I did. I had a joke with Russell on an earlier podcast that didn't go quite as I wanted. But originally, my plan was I was gonna play this. <laughs> And then I was going to make you answer about Palestine-Israel relations. And then I was like, ah, I've done enough mean stuff to Russell. But just so you know, that, me, just that like... is loaded in the soundboard. Okay. okay, no, we're talking about the downside. So we need to be okay. negative. Enough of this, the positives about oh, how wonderful posi- Israel and Palestine okay. is. By the way, my time in Israel, absolutely lovely. Absolutely okay, lovely. all right. Well, absolutely lovely. Oh, yeah. you go, what were you going to say? No, no, no. I, I, he said he was 13. I was. Yeah, I was yeah, 13. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about your mom then, because I watched uh, a okay, stand-up set of yours. rude. <laughs> <laughs> your mom uh, doesn't say I love you a lot. Let's, there's a Okay, wow, let's go heavy. there. My mom, uh, this, well, this is in my stand-up, but my mom does not say I love you. I mean, almost ever. Like, now the- now What the was the last time? I, I do not remember. Does she say it more to your kids than you? She will say to my kids like a thing, like kind of in a sing-song way. She'll be like, "I love this boy." That's what she'll say to the. She'll oh like grab God, the kid and be like, "I love this boy. I love this girl." Like that. Yeah. She doesn't really say, "I." I can't remember the last time I heard her say, "I love you" to anyone. Wow. I know that she feels love. Like I've, I've, you yeah. know, like the way that she talks about well, any the her family like or. Um, her, her mother, my grandmother died, uh, not that long ago. And so like when she talks about her mom, like I know that she loves that person, but specifically those words basically don't get said. Interesting. So we do in my standup, the thing that is true is that, I mean, most of my standup is lies, but a thing that is true is that we will go home and say, I love you to my mom as much as possible to try to get her to say it back. Like, we'll just say it all the time. We'll be at dinner, pass me the, you know, pass me the rice. I love you so much, whatever. N- nothing will break her. There is no way to get her to say it back to you. It's just not how she operates. And her whole, her whole family, as far as I know, is like yeah, that. Did that ever, do you think that, that hurt when you were a kid? I don't even think I was aware of it until I, like, I did, I'd never felt not loved. Do you know okay. what I mean? It's just that yeah. she didn't say the words. Like my mom, when I was in college, my mom would drive into the city pick up my laundry and drive it back home, do the laundry. Like she was coming into the city for work, but like that's the kind of- I gotta say, maybe now I know why she didn't say it very often. (laughs) Rude, but yes, uh, that's very possibly true. She did, but like she's more of a, uh, she's more of an acting, uh, a doer of the thing than a sayer of the thing. You know what I mean? And she's Filipino? She's Filipino, yeah. Is now is that like part of? Did did she grow up in the Philippines? She grew up in the Philippines. Yes. the The legend is that she had a boyfriend in the Philippines, and her parents were like, "We don't like this guy. We're sending you to school in the United States." Oh. Whether that's true, that feels wow. doesn't that feel like a fake story? But that that is that's the story as as it was handed down. That she that she shares. Yeah, I don't I don't know how often she shares that story, but that's the story that as it was told to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? I feel like maybe she shared it with your dad whenever they were fighting. Like, 
Yeah, I exactly. Love this man. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to be here. Go back. <laughs> is that now? Is that that I love you? Lack of saying I love you. Culture. Do you think that's part of being from the Philippines? I don't know. I I don't think so. I don't think so because I think of Filipinos like other Filipinos I've met outside of my family and even my own family as being like pretty like gregarious and outgoing. But within the family, there's not a lot of like saying I love you to each other. It's not very um, you and your kids. I feel I like say, you say I love you all the I time. I say I love you my kids too much. Like I, I say it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm very, I'm very loving. I'm worried that the amount of love that I show my children will be the thing that fucks them up. Do you know what I mean? You mm -hmm. know that thing? Um, they fuck you up. Excuse me. <laughs> they fuck you up. Your mom and dad. Do you know this? This is a poem by uh, somebody. I mean, I know, I know that fact. I don't know the poem. <laughs> <laughs> There's a poem that that is like they fuck you up. Your mom and dad. They don't mean to, but they do. Is how it starts. And like the idea of it is that I'm gonna do that as the opening for the next podcast episode. Oh, beautiful. That's that a, that's poem. a great that's a great opener for something sad. But the idea of it basically is no matter what happens, you will fuck up your kids. And the end of the poem is like basically, if you want to fix this problem, don't have any kids yourself. Like that's the way to hey, to Russell. not. To not have is that, is that your game plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't want kids, but uh, I don't, I wasn't thinking because of that. But okay, wasn't it wasn't the poem that, that no, flipped it? For no, you? it was not the poem. Um, but uh, so that I do worry that the like I'm not enough of an asshole to my kids because I do think of every you know sure, hero that yeah. I think of in the in in history is like my dad was you know my dad died or he you know he left home or whatever especially like, in Fuck. comedy I think I think many times how I wish I had parents that were more invested but I know some comedians who have very loving parents and they are terrible comedians <laughs> terrible comedians and yeah their parents come to every god-awful show that they do but, but let me also say that i know pair i know i also know people who have horrible parents who are also horrible comedians i don't know that it's specifically the love that is the deciding factor there you know what There's i mean some, i know very few really good comedians whose whose family who didn't have something that's what I mean. That's the poem. They're gonna fuck you up. So something is gonna be yeah, something yeah, yeah. is gonna be wrong. You know what I mean? Like the number of times my kids have heard me sing the Miss Saigon soundtrack, start to finish. Excuse me, cast recording, start to finish Thank repeatedly. You. OBC or OLC? OBC. Oh okay. uh, wait. Well, that, I'm, I'm singing it, so it's me. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it's a karaoke track. Oh, yeah, that's, it's just me. <laughs> uh, but like that'll be something that that for sure will be a problem for them later on. The fact that. You know, that my son will be like, wait, what's a whore? You know what I mean? Because I'm singing Miss mm -hmm. Saigon. It's like that kind of, there's going to be something there. I, I will fuck them up in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it. Okay, so talk to me about, because I, 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 you know, I'm sorry to harp on, on your stand-up, but I did watch it. And so being Filipino, you talked about the hierarchy of Asians. Yeah. And I feel like there's, uh, you said Filipinos were at the bottom. Is that how you described so it? So that is, yes, I did describe it and like do that. do you feel that way? I feel that way. I don't feel that way. Well, let me say this. I would not do that joke now. Uh, that's a joke that I did coming up. It's on YouTube up. forever. Yeah, no, I know that. It's okay, not just well, on YouTube. Well, this is the downside. So t tell me, what did you mean by it? What, okay. what is the truth to what it? What I meant by it is I think it's like sort of a forgotten uh, a forgotten Asian. You know what I mean? Like I think when people mm -hmm. think of Asians, they think of a particular looking person, which is basically like what what uh, what we people used to call the Orient, but they're sort of not allowed to call the Orient. When people say Asian, they mean what was the Orient. They mean like and the Orient Japan. includes. I mean, it's all the place of Japan, China, China like Korea. places people people who white people and many people are like. I can't tell these people apart. Though that's what people mean when they say Asian. They don't mean. I hate to come back to it, but Israel, which is also in Asia, they don't yeah, mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? Asian even is a word that almost doesn't have. 
that doesn't have any useful meaning because there's it's so enormous. But um, what was this question? And, about? and that comes because of the because of the Orient. Like that's why that I've always wondered. Like certain places we don't consider like Asian or people Asia, and it's because. I didn't know that about the Orient. Well, I don't think I, I knew I'm, a lot. I'm not saying I have no historical knowledge of why that is. I'm just saying that in general, when people say, like, if you ask a guy to point to an Asian person on the street, he's going to look for somebody that he thinks is from China yes. or Japan yes. or Korea. If he sees a Filipino person, he might be like, uh, maybe, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think, I think so. I grew up in Potomac, Maryland and uh, we grew up with the Asia of Maryland, famously. Exactly, but there was there was a big Filipino community that mm-hmm. that ultimately the babysitting. We had people who lived with us. We had money, and uh, we had a lot of Filipino uh, caretakers, nannies uh, that like cooked our meals. Like for mm-hmm. for like a Jewish household, I had uh, rice was the main dish. There so were Marco, egg rolls. This is, this is so much like our lives are so similar. And yeah, way. yeah, yeah, sure. Well, we, you know, we had a, a woman who lived with us and I, even saying that feels like diminishing her role, but we had a woman who lived with us named Teodora Tubalia who lived with us like my, almost my entire, not almost basically my entire childhood. Uh-huh. And until I was like 30, still lived with my parents and would like cook and clean and like run errands and stuff. So we, and we would eat rice at every meal. And that was because she cooked that anyway. What was your living maid's name? Um, um, well, we had my mom, and mm. um, and we didn't eat a lot of rice. I'll be honest, we did not, unless it was in some sort we, of casserole. We, I had this. Uh, her name, I'll say her first name was. But we did have. Oh, we did have a Chinese restaurant uh, in in town, but it was like what it it was the only. Re- what's so funny is that we have like three restaurants in town, and one of them was Chinese. Where'd you grow? Up? Oh God! Um, it's like near. Uh, oh God! It's a small town called Bainbridge, New York. It's like three okay. hours north of the city. Okay. All but right. our, our, ours, uh, her name was Tanette, and I just remember we, we had rice every meal, and my sister was very picky, and Tanette would pick up the rice with her hand and just put it in my oh sister's my mouth. Goodness. And it was just, it was uh, it was good. My sister, she should have eaten her fucking rice, but uh, uh, they were it was wonderful. It's just so, it's, it's wild when, uh, like, a different culture just happens to intersect in a way that, yeah, that I think wouldn't I, have Just to talk of, about that, like, my... My grandparents, who were very well off in the Philippines, my grandmother would eat food like utensils were a thing she would like almost never use. And I would, left to my own devices in a house by myself, I will eat any food with anything available to maybe me. That's you know what I, mean? I love eating things with my hands. Maybe that's maybe it. that's maybe it. You, maybe you she uh, infected you with some Filipino. You you became. By osmosis, Filipino. I, I wouldn't. I would Congratulations! Never phrase it like that. I wouldn't say I infected. Think she infected. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Now, okay, the Philippines. Do you know a lot about the Philippines? No, I do not. I wish I knew more. I feel like it's weird because as I get older, uh, the more that I'm like interested in my cultural history. Mm-hmm. But really, as a kid, I thought of myself pretty much as white. Like I thought of my mom, who is straight up Asian, as white. Like when my it wasn't until I was married. That I mean, I guess I was before I was married, but I was dating the woman who is now my wife. And I was like, you know, we're gonna meet my mom. You won't even know notice, but she's Filipina. And <laughs> she met her and she was like, She's she's fucking very Asian. There's like not a, there's not a single moment where I thought your mom is white. Like and I like that's whatever that says about society, I had thought of my mom, who is definitely Filipina, as a white person until I was fully an adult. I just like that's I it never occurred to me that she was not white, even though I, I knew it. I didn't 
feel it. If that makes sense. So when you grew up, did you you never felt it? You never felt like if you were the all you know where everyone else was white in the room, you were like, oh, I'm. It's because I don't I don't read as Filipino, so I, I didn't live the or I Jewish particularly. Yeah, I, I read, and that's like a weird thing. Like um, professionally, when you're like auditioning for stuff, when they're like, you "We want an be Asian like, just person," just so you know, while you're casting this, I'm Jewish. Yes, or like, we want a Jewish, but which ends up being basically nothing. My first agent in the city, the uh, one of the first auditions they sent me on was for the musical Thoroughly Modern Millie, and in that musical, there are two Chinese oh, dudes, yes. yeah, and the sides were uh, in Chinese, and then he also had me audition for a Chinese character on Law and Order. So I get into the waiting room. And it's Chinese dudes. It's oh all God. dudes speaking, yeah. like dudes literally speaking Chinese to each other. And I get in the audition room and the intern is like, um, you're here for, and I'm like, I guess I'm here for the, I'm here for the Chinese guy. And I had hired uh, a Chinese woman off Craigslist to read the sides. Like this is how bad I wanted to work to read the sides into my phone so I could learn them phonetically and then just say them. She could have done anything to me. Like she could have pranked me hardcore there. I could have said anything back to the Does camera. Does it ever feel like, how do, how do I phrase this correctly? Where like, because you don't necessarily present as Asian or people wouldn't know that it, that have you ever walked in a room and it felt like, like if I walked in that room, it'd be like, oh, I'm going to take this role. Now they're going to make it a white guy role instead of a Chinese guy. I would maybe felt that if I had more success auditioning for things. <laughs> but I think what I usually feel is I walk in the room and I'm like, well, this is this is not like I walk in the room and I see 15 dudes who look straight up like when again, like what the casting director, when she wrote Asian on the breakdown, she was thinking of someone who looked a certain way. It was definitely not this. Do you mm, know what I mean? Yeah. And so that is like a weird it's. Uh, the struggle is is for me has been mild, but if there is one, it's that I don't specifically belong in either. Like this is the, like the struggle of the mixed race person that I'm not really a white person and I'm not like fully an Asian person. So it is weird to be like where like where which group is mine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I could feel like it would be a lonely thing. I mean, I I certainly have I I've gotten older. I like. Yeah, I never connected to Jewish stuff. I wasn't raised very Jewish. I went on the birthright later in life. But I think there was a loneliness. Birthright again. Holy shit. (laughs) I think there was a a loneliness to it. I mean, did you ever feel like you didn't have that community? This is so, this is, this is very, this is very therapy. Yeah. Yeah, I I do. I think I, I still feel it. Although, as I become more invested in learning about the Philippines and identifying myself as Asian, like sort of being, like, I think it was for most of my life, didn't really think about it, like secretly rooted for, not secretly, but privately rooted for Asians all the time. Like I would root for Asian athletes or whatever. Uh-huh. But as I get older, I'm being more vocally Asian. I've been very accepted by the Asian community in comedy. Yeah. Like I just did this Asian comedy festival last weekend. Oh, I mean, whatever this comes out, maybe a month ago. Um, and that experience has been like amazing. It's very much like uh if it's a weight off exactly it's like a it's like a light on that it wasn't on before of feeling like mm-hmm. oh i can do this like i can tell jokes about what little i i have of asian culture and it like resonates in a way where other people see it as a curiosity this crowd sees it as like something yeah. they identify with and you can do all the other jewish comedy festivals that's right the, the all huge the other <laughs> every other festival i'm doing scottish and english festivals. scottish yeah. and english festival yeah yeah, that's good. It's like a Renaissance fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, the thing with the Philippines, I'm always hesitant when we get the news in a very specific way. But, yeah. I mean, the last thing I heard about the Philippines was during the lockdown. Who's the president right now, the Philippines? Rodrigo Duterte. Who is pretty pretty harsh. He's a he's a bad dude. The Filipino politics are not specifically I think great. I had a joke I was trying where it was like he, if you broke quarantine, this was like beginning of coronavirus. Uh-huh. He was like, you'll... You'll get shot in the head. I mean, and I, I don't know if he said about, that, but it's but it tracks. Yeah, yeah. And I said something about uh, something about like you know, I go outside, I see all these people partying, and I'm like, yeah, it would be nice for someone to shoot me in the head. Something like where I made it about me killing but myself. You had always. to tell the backstory of who Rodrigo Duterte was yeah, to I get to that I'm, joke. I'm like a John Oliver of stand-up. I like to educate and joke. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember Trump got in trouble because he praised him for the way he dealt with like the drug problem yes. and the way he dealt with the drug problem was he killed fucking yeah. he just killed, just, just kills people. people. Just straight up yeah. kills them. And who's the boxer? Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. He's Filipino, right? Yes. Did you say Filipino, Filipina? You said it with your mouth? I, Philip, I sometimes do. It's inconsistent. And I think that Filipino is f- safe to encapsulate the whole thing. Okay. I think if you wanted to be all the way a hundo P to encapsulating everyone. I believe people are working on Philippine necks or whatever. I think that's a thing that has existed. Penex. We're really going to go for that. We're going to say Penex and expect. A Philip, Philippinex, I think. Not not just straight up. I have a feeling. Do, I have a feeling. Who's the president again? Duterte. Duterte is not going to be a big Absolutely fan Absolutely for <laughs> certain. He's not He's not throwing the X up there. The um, Yeah. The Filipino politics are. Tr- uh, yeah. Tricky. When if you're you've been back ever? I've been to the Philippines a lot when I was young. The last time I went was probably before my kids were born, so like maybe twelve years ago, something like oh, that. Oh wow, that's a long time. Yeah, I mean you now once there. you have kids, it's like now nah, I gotta go. I have to have my kids on the plane for thirteen hours. A flight is a thousand dollars. It's a day long. I feel bad about not having been back in a long time because I do want to go. But I mean, we barely go to Florida. Do you know what I mean? Like the Philippines would yeah. would just feel like such a major excursion to do that. Do you feel with your kids who are a, a quarter Asian? That's right. Do you feel any like making sure that you pass along certain bits of your oh, heritage? Oh yeah, I force them into and like to learn about even just like any Asian person who vaguely enters the zeitgeist. I'm like, you got to know about. You have to know about Bruno Mars. You have to. He's like you. He's part Asian. He's like you. He was on my list earlier of prominent of prominent Asian Americans. He, um, he, yeah, right. It's like Sanjay Gupta and then Bruno Mars. <laughs> um, he, uh, my my son and daughter, actually, I think both look more Asian than I do. I look the least Asian of my siblings and less Asian than my children. But um, I, to answer your question, I do try and make them as as Asian as proud of being Asian as I can, which is weird because also being a quarter Asian, it's hard to like, I don't know how they'll navigate that when they get older. Maybe they'll just abandon it. I don't know. We'll see. I, I want to talk. Can we talk about your podcast? That's going to happen. Eventually? Absolutely. But wait, I want to go by saying one other thing about Filipinos. Is that okay? I would love to, as just, long as it's negative. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, only, the only thing about it is the, well, it's more negative about me than it is about Filipinos. The joke about Filipinos being at the bottom of the, hierarchy mm-hmm. of Asians was a joke that I told before I really knew that I was good at being funny. It's like one of those things where I will get up on stage and say anything to make people laugh. And then that was one of those jokes that just worked enough that I kept doing it. And then all of a sudden I was doing it on TV and you're like, Oh, 
you know what? Yeah. A million people are going to see this joke that I really wrote I to make four people I the YouTube more laugh. like 65,000. <laughs> yes, but also, but all the people who watched it live, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it is it, like, I would, I know that I would never do jokes like that now. I would, yes. I would never. It is very interesting with stand-up where there's a, there's just a, such a big change between like, I'm doing it at bars and it's crushing. And then one day you're like, oh, is this how I want to represent myself? What's, yeah. or what, what's one when you would take away? Well, I've I also had a bit about Filipinos being the bottom of the Asian hierarchy, <laughs> and it only plays in certain rooms. I uh, I think that's true. I think that's very true. I mean, I think what you said about it worked and you kept doing it. I think there's much worse comedy that also follows the same trajectory. It worked in some room, yeah. And next thing you know, yeah, you're you're, you're Tony Hinch Hinchcliffe. You're freaking in the middle Tony. of Is that Texas. His name? Tony Hinchcliffe. Yeah. Golly. That was a tough. That's a tough watch, man. Yeah. I, I watched. Did, yeah. did you watch the? I watched someone posted the whole set. You no. can watch the whole oh, set. Oh, I didn't see that. Not just. Well, yeah. Not just well, the, you were. You said when you saw, it, you're like, I want to see more. You, Russell said. <laughs> Russell said, what's the context? What's the context? That Did sounds, he go that not sounds after? Just like me. That's. I. I did. I saw. I saw one guy who's like, well, what's the context? Like as if as if he was just like just kidding, and we'd be like, oh, <laughs> He's like okay. just kidding. That's my racist. That's character. my impression of okay. a racist guy. No. He, he does. He does the whole set. He comes back to the thing a couple times about Asians being <laughs> terrible or whatever. I just the whole set. I. I'm sure that's a funny person. I'm sure of it. Like I just. I can. I've seen because now I've seen like super funny or I don't know how funny, but, but I performer. But now I've watched like you know twenty of his videos because of this thing. Just to be his like, career is exploding because <laughs> yeah, exactly. everyone's watching his videos. So I've watched a bunch of it, and some of it I'm like, oh, this is you know this is pretty funny. It's like one of these guys who's just doing this edgy shit, and then. Some of his some of his jokes and probably some of his personality is just fucking garbage. And so that's yes. what that's what you get out there. And it is that kind of thing where you do this awful joke and it plays well in some kind of room. And then you make the decision about do I always want to be in this room? Because if I stay in this room, I can do these jokes for the rest of my life. And that's a choice that guy made. That guy made the choice yeah. at some point to be like, I'm gonna be the comic who does this because I'm done trying to on Fallon or whatever like I'm not going to try yeah, and do yeah. that or it yeah. didn't happen and so you're like yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll exactly. build an audience base I'm not, I'm not trying to be a good person anymore I'm trying to make whatever dollars I can make yeah. off being horrible to people and that's like, and I think that's there's, my there's deal. also just just like degree like there's like I do think there's some kind of difference between like doing it in a bar and no one ever hears it and then before you know it, you have a fan base yeah and all of a sudden you're dealing with people who like like it in a way where they're not laughing at it, but yeah. And again, how responsible is someone to like decide how someone takes their comedy? But some people take it as like fuel or just encouragement or just part of their general oeuvre of being hateful. Yeah, and and it's 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 a. Uh, I I hate it when comedians don't pretend like that exists. There's some comedians who are like it's all just jokes, and I'm like, but you say it constantly and constantly and at a certain point you're just part of this like pushing and i don't know the news people are doing the same thing the fox people and all of a sudden you're the same you're the same energy in the world and, I, I, and these aren't I mean, great jokes none of them are great jokes oh yeah well i, mean, I think that right there's there's uh i think separate issues that are hard to separate which are one is this racist yes and then the other one is but is it funny and definitely no yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah. the the there aren't the people who say the, the they're just jokes it's like write down on a piece of paper the part that you think show me the punchline the in this part i think what makes it hacky too is it's like 
you, because it's not a joke, really it's a callback to an old r racist term that we all know in our general back of mind. So not a, it's, it's hacking in the sense that you're just like referencing something that exists that we know is a bad word or a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. And so that's why it's, it's just not inventive and it's lazy. I mean, that's why it's lazy. Yeah, and I really do believe maybe foolishly that every there's a joke for everything. Like there's something funny in the idea of racism that, that many people have you mined. You say that a lot. <laughs> many, many people have mined that subject for humor. <laughs> But this, this, just saying a bunch of racist shit—that's yeah. not it. That you don't get any. Like, there's no. To me, there's no defense in. I was just trying to bid out. You weren't. You were just saying yeah. a bunch of racist stuff. Do any? Did any Filipinos write you after that and say, "Hey"? No Filipinos wrote me after that. And a bunch I, of white people were like, "Hey." <laughs> no, but I, I do. I the joke in that set is that I'm like, like on both sides that I'm like, you know, uh, you're talking about the Seth Meyers set, right? Yes. Uh, I was on Seth Meyers' TV show. We'll whatever. put it in the show notes, <laughs> Seth Meyers. Let's the, get it to 70. There's 000. a joke in that set where I say that, uh, you know, that like I'm low quality on both sides being like a Filipino being like low quality Asian and Jewish being low quality white. And the, I did get messages from Jewish people being like, this is really fucked up that you would say this. And I wrote all those people back being like, hey, well, what I was trying to say is X, Y, Z and had conversations with them that kind of, I felt great about afterwards, but I could see, I mean, I see their point. I could see someone being like, why would you come out and say it sucks being Jewish? Like, what's the value of that? And yeah. I think the defensive part of me is like, Hey, fuck you, man. It's just jokes. But the other part of me is like, yeah, like, why would I do that? Like, what is good about that? Yeah, but you're also commenting on a feeling like like Larry David got a lot of flag on. You remember he had an SNL NL monologue and it was it was pretty open, Mikey. It was pretty like loose. Yeah. But oh, he yeah, had a bit oh, yeah. where he was like Harvey Weinstein, ba ba ba. Lot of Jews. Lot of Jews. And people were like, Oh, thanks for perpetuating that Jews are sexual predators. And I'm like, what he's talking about is the feeling of hearing story after story and being like a lot of Jews. It just is a reality. Absolutely. Now, if, some, yeah. if, if, if fucking the most anti-Semitic schmuck out there takes it and goes like, ha there you see, a Jew is admitting it. Okay, are we going to bend our will to that I, idiot? I, I agree with that. I think what I, what I took from it, and maybe this is like me being like a woke beta boy or whatever, what I took from it was this joke could be better. You know what I mean, there's something, I can say what I'm trying to say here in a way that doesn't, that is harder to interpret as my denigrating the people who are responsible for me being alive. Does that make sense? To a degree, but I but I don't believe that if any possible person seeks a finds offense, that inherently means the I joke agree with is that. No, I agree with that for sound. sure because I think yes, as you I'm sure believe that some annoying person will find fault with whatever. Yes, that will happen. I hope. I, I know we're like it's like Filipino and then it's Jewish and like <laughs> you can't weigh in a way. I'm I'm we fine. Feel, I I feel good. Um, I, I, I welcome, I I welcome the commentary of I welcome the commentary of white fat people. people. Uh, <laughs> I would love I would love to talk about that. Well, people. we just did a whole thing on fat people. Uh, yeah, it's it's a frequent topic. Um, yeah. All right, so well then let's can we talk about your podcast? Yeah, of course. Uh, what's it called? The podcast is called Good Grief. So I'm getting I'm getting texts Good on my grief. on my phone. The podcast is called Good Grief. It's this feels a, very downside. Uh, this feels very appropriate to discuss. Yes, well, th yes, this is this is very downside. So, Good Grief is a podcast about grief. Uh, my son died um, eleven, almost twelve years ago. Is that right? Um, and so, it's about 
that sort of uh, in a micro way, but in a macro way, it's conversations with people who have lost someone. And mm. it eventually will be about maybe more than just loss. It could be, you know, other kinds of loss, like divorce or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so the podcast will be those conversations. Wow. So now this, now your son that was a twin yeah, so we had twin. Up, uh, uh, do you want me to tell you the story? Or did you have a question you wanted? To no, I mean I'd love if you share the story. I'm the sure. story is that uh, I'll try and keep it short. The my son, we had my my Can wife. You was imagine pregnant. if I said that if I was like, yeah, but keep it short. <laughs> keep it short. <laughs> keep this. Uh, Could you please keep it short? We got to do. I have two more birthright promos I have to do. So. <laughs> oh my god! Oh wait, wait. Oh wait! I forgot. Uh, we have to do uh, a commercial. Um, so uh, oh. this is the commercial break right now. All right, we're back. Whew. Whew. Wow, so amazing. We don't know what the commercial was for. Could have been for anything. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so, okay, tell us, tell us your story, if you won't mind. Yeah, so uh, my wife was pregnant with twins, and the pregnancy was uh, a, a big trial. It was very difficult. Twins are like already high risk, and then they were identical twins, and then they had something called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome, um, which means that one twin gets too much nutrients, too mm. many nutrients from the placenta, and the other one gets too much nutrition. How about that? And the other one gets less, not enough. Um, and so they like had to do a thing where they cut my wife open and shoot lasers at the placenta to like reallocate the nutrients, which is a crazy thing that they can do. And then they were born early, which is normal-ish for twins. And then really like we thought we were going home with them, and then sort of all of a sudden... Uh, the younger twin, younger by like, you know, a minute, got this uh, very rare condition called the volvulus, which meant his intestines twisted. Mm. And effectively he died from that. Like there was no, by the time we even got to the hospital to address it, the doctors were already like, well, what we're willing to do is, and it's like, oh, okay, well, when you talk that way, it's like, this is, you are, a, you're telling me that he's going to die. So like, it became a thing pretty quickly where it was like, we can keep him alive for uh, however much longer, but I, you know, for all, everyone involved, my wife, the doctors, whatever, it was like, what, what will that be if we like keep him alive for another several hours or whatever? So he died pretty quickly after he got sick. And was this after you had your daughter? No, my daughter's younger. Okay. How old were you when this happened? If it was 12 years ago, I was 14. Uh, (laughs) How old was I? I don't even, I guess I was 30. Mm. Is that right? 30, 29, something like that. I I was young. I was much younger. It was fucked up. Did you ever bring him home from the hospital? We never brought him home from the hospital. He was in the hospital for 34 days and died there. So we have his ashes at home, but he... As a living boy, never left the hospital. 34 days. 34 days. What? That 34 days? Uh, he lived 34 been. days. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, that 34 days must have been just uh, how much of that 34 days were you at the hospital? I mean, were you just- We were there, even, every, we were there every single day. Just so, every single day. But he, he got, what I'm uh, just to be clear about that, he got sick on like the, either the 34th or the 33rd day. You know what I mean? Like he was in the intensive care unit for his entire life. But we thought on like the 30th day, we were getting ready to take him home in like yeah. a week. They're like, you know, we just got to run a few more tests. He's going to take his feeds the next couple of days. We'll just make sure all that's good so that when you go home, you don't have to immediately come right back here because the kid is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I think, I mean, I haven't really thought about this before, but like if we had taken him home and he'd gotten sick at home, I think it would have been, you know, a thousand times worse. Sure. Would it have been? I'm making that up. I think it would have been worse because then we would have been dealing with it. We would have just been like, you know, what the fuck is happening on our own? I, like it's, uh, the thing that happened to him isn't like, you know, it wasn't like somebody dropped him or something. It's just like a thing that was going to happen. You know what I mean? There's like, yeah. Not, mm-hmm. And I think we would have felt infinitely more helpless than we did, which was already pretty fucking helpless if we had, if it had been us who had discovered the problem, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been a lot of like, what did I do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, and it still is that. It's still that. It's still like, yeah. shit, if I had been there the day, that day, would I have noticed this 10 minutes earlier than the nurse? And that would have been the difference. There still is that. But if he had been home and then it happened then, it would have been every single thing. You know, oh, we should have fed him this thing. I should have put him on this side. I should, you know what I mean? All that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, one of the reasons I knew about it is what was it, a couple of years ago on Twitter, mm-hmm. you kind of posted about talking about grief and uh, how you were only really allowed that with grief, people only kind of want to hear or let you express the sad part of it. They, they, is that, is that an accurate reflection? How yeah, you, I think you talked about how there, there was other, there's a whole spectrum of things and to talk to your friends about, let give them a space to talk about it as they want to express themselves. Yeah, uh, I think that's very well put, John Marco. The, the, whenever I say your name, I want to say John Marco. You can. That's what I want to do. That's what I want everyone to do. Does anybody do that in your life? They do it when they bring me on stage to do that. To have to for Marco. Great. That's how I, I hear your name like that. In fact, even when, to, when I when I found out that Tova was dating you by because she told me she was like, "Do you know John Marco?" and I was like, "I don't think so. Like that's not a name." Sure. Because I hear she your said name it in a in way that mind. made it actually sound like the Jew that I am. <laughs> yeah. She found. I'm sure she said it in a way. Yeah, exactly. John Marco. Um, but anyway, the the question was oh about the tweet. So. Um, yeah, I think that the general thesis of the tweet being that grief should be a unifying experience because every single person pretty much will feel it or has felt it, but instead it's like very isolating. And the only time that you ever say anything about it is like, oh my God, it was so like people give you space for like one comment about how sad it was. And then it's very much like, okay, uh, who wants uh, quesadillas? You're like, on to the next thing. And I think that when I've spoken to people about grief, uh, you find that there are very full stories in, in that telling. And in those conversations, what makes those people emotional usually is not talking about how sad it was. or It's like remembering some fucked up memory about their uncle yeah. and being like, oh my God, he used to say this awful thing. And like, that's the moment where they have this emotional release that they don't expect to yeah. have. Because I think we're trained to bottle up so much of those feelings. Yeah, you, and there's also like, it's also the weird expectation of um, when you're going through grief, everyone's reactions to you are they're like expecting some sort of thing that doesn't get too deep, but they're the energy that they bring to you is like, how are you doing? Yes. You know, that thing. And you're, you're very limited in how you can respond to that. It seems to that, like, are you speaking from a personal experience? Yeah. 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 I'm we, my, I'm not the same thing, but my dog died last week uh-huh. and it's like this thing where, um, it's that like, sucks, man. I'm that, sorry to that, hear that energy of like, how you do. And like, that feels limited because then if you, even if you have a funny thing connected to the grief, you feel kind of shitty then being like, 
good. Like, it's, like yeah, it's exactly right. Like you're you, like you've you've you the, your energy that you're bringing right now has limited how I can even respond to that question. It feels like I'm taking care of you a little yes, bit. It feels like you're saying you're saying something and you are approaching this in a certain way, which I think is nice. By yeah. the way, you know, I'm not like oh, oh you, no. you jerk. It's 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 normal, but it is an interesting. Someone thing comes to you in a way that is like I I I want I'm gonna talk to you like this, and I'm gonna write you a card where the the font is somehow this also. Yeah, and I'm gonna, and uh, that gives you space to respond. Also, like this, like this if is the every email that you get having. is italicized. For yeah, a couple exactly. Weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like that's that's how all those conversations happen. And just to reiterate, I think those are nice conversations. Everybody's doing the right thing. Yes. I remember when I tweeted about it. One of the things that I said in it was like, you know, people are say so sorry for your loss all the time, which I didn't mean as like I don't like it when people say that. I just meant like that sort of is. So sorry for your loss is kind of the whole thing. That's like the way that we're trained to do it. Right. And Monica Lewinsky responded in the thread. I'm so sorry for your loss and to hear about this. something super nice. And like 50 people piled on her to be like, what? That's exactly what he doesn't fucking want. And I was like, no, this is a, come on. She's been Man, through enough. Monica. Monica Lewinsky does not need Monica. to be taken down right now. And so she, she deleted her tweet and was like, then said like, I'm so sorry or whatever. For what I, you know, it was just like, oh no, Monica, you've yeah. been so nice. It can be so, I, I have a, a comedian friend who who went through a very serious loss and it was really hard because our our relationship was very much, we were two two guy comedians. We we just Fuck roasted the shit other. out yeah. of each other and made fun of each other constantly. And I, I felt really kind of stilted in my interactions and I wasn't sure how to be fun with the person yeah. and like I, I don't know if it spoke to uh, the problem with the kind of constantly you know uh, uh, ragging on each other whether that's a problem that doesn't leave room for some other things but it felt really I felt really challenged um because I I like I saw saw this person for after a long time and I I wanted to make it fun or enjoyable but I felt like I was bringing this kind of like want to get lunch i i noticed i noticed myself doing it to i had a friend who went through this horrible thing like a couple months ago mm -hmm. traumatic accident and has been gonna be dealing with with stuff for a long time and i was like i, I realized like every time i text him i'm like texting the same dumb bullshit like 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 how are you doing or like what's new like we're not <laughs> like new like not, not, no no i know what you mean, you know I know like what you mean. the energy i'm even texting with was like limit like it's like he can't be like well i'm this is my reality now and you can't just be like you know three times a week being like uh like tell me about you know like in in, in it, i don't <laughs> yeah, know how to yeah, describe yeah. it but, but it's, I, I think the the other thing i would say about it at least the way i feel about it is i'm you know i'm very forgiving towards everyone's awkwardness cuz it is it's very hard to yes, navigate yes like the thing you're saying is very real of like okay you know i don't know what the best thing to do to me would have been when my son died i certainly wouldn't want someone to have come up right away and been like roasting him you know what i mean I'd be like <laughs> That would have felt very uncomfortable. Oh. So I, I think that there is, you know, I, you just like try your best. But yeah. I, I just, I, what I want from, is for people to have permission to try, to try like maybe asking a second question or whatever, yes. just to be like, have a conversation as opposed to just being like, how you doing? I'm okay. All right. Um, is there anything I can do for you? Um, not right now. Okay. Um, well then putting on the TV and not talking to each other for a while, which for some yeah. people might be great. I'm only, I'm, I'm just me for some people. Maybe that is exactly what they want. Yeah. But I do think that 
if you have the right relationship, which maybe you don't know if you have, you can get one more question in there that'll get them talking. And when I've talked with people who have suffered loss about their loss, I find those conversations, I just love them. I love talking about them. And it feels like, especially with people that I know well, a, a whole like half of their life that I didn't know about at all, that it's like, oh, we weren't, were we even friends? If I didn't know this about yeah. you before, mm. like did how much of you did I know? I guess yeah. I knew the part of you that everybody else knew, but it's just crazy that you don't ever talk about, you know, this thing. Yeah. What was it? I mean, this, this thread went, was spread around a lot. I mean, I can't imagine the number of messages and emails of people pouring their heart out to you or sharing I mean, something. We got a, a lot. I say we, cause I think of it as me and my wife, but we got a lot of responses and I tweeted it at whatever time, like the night of the anniversary of his death. And then a few people responded and right away I tried to respond to the few people who responded and then I went to sleep and I woke up and there were like, you know, 2000 messages oh or something. God. So I again started responding to them, but as I was responding, more of them were coming in. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to keep up with this. And it was, uh, I don't know. It was overwhelming. And I wish that I could have responded to every single person, but it felt fucking great. I mean, it was, it was mm. nice. And it felt, the other thing was that there were a lot of people in the, the, thread who were like talking to each other about mm. someone would be like, you know, the most awful shit, right? Like my daughter drowned on her birthday, like shit, like whatever it is, things that are horrible. And someone else being like that exact thing happened to me. And I think just that idea of the thing that this one person was like, no one's got a story like this. And then somebody else on Twitter is like, Oh no, no, no I have that too. It just, it's that's the like that speaks to the thesis of the idea, which is that we are bound together by this thing. And, you know, if, so this I don't know if this, this is maybe too upside, but if you like were to be on the subway with the guy who is the most annoying person on there, there's some chance that that guy, whatever the most fucked up thing that happened to you is also happened to him. And there is like a uh, there's like a community that is the all of mankind there. I said, yeah, it. Uh, so I think that's part of it. That's it. That's it. That's, That's the downside. It. Oh my God. The downside is we're all bound yeah. together, baby. Yeah. Can't, can't escape it. <laughs> That's true. When I read your thread, you said we're all going to die. And we're that all, was the first time I found out. <laughs> so That's when you found about out. About my mortality. Yeah. Now there was, there's one thing about there. You said the receipt from, was that, was that a true? Yeah, it was a true thing that when we went to the funeral home that eventually, which is also, I guess, who we, I, I don't know if they actually cremated my son or if they're like the middleman for the cremation. But the receipt that they returned to us says at the bottom of it, thank you, come again, which is just a very, I'm sure that's just like programmed into the receipt printer or whatever. I'm sure they didn't do that. It would be, it would be insane. Purpose. It would be insane. Maybe they did. Maybe it's, it was like these two Italian Maybe guys. He, he knew your lesson. Like, give him a laugh. Yeah. Let him <laughs> joke give him a about something. Give him, give him some material. So that, that was, a, I mean, that was one of the, things in that experience that was, you know, because of how sad we were, that was one of those things that was like, when you look at it, you're like, this is objectively hilarious. Have you talked about this in stand-up or is it too much of a hurdle? That's a big, but I, I've been trying to joke that involves uh, Tova's grandmother. And I'd say a joke when she was still alive, but then I reveal that she's dead. And then I go further after she's been dead. Yeah. But the jokes that I have of after her grandmother has died are not, are not I think they're decent jokes, but they got to be so strong to pull people out of. And that's a grandmother of someone that's of not girlfriend. my relation. Yeah. Right. Like that's just, 
I mean, it's, you know, it's a one-man show lends itself, but, like, to pull it off and stand up no, uh, in a tight five? I have, I have never tried to do it. A <laughs> little bit about me. Here's something about me. I, I have, so I've been, I've worked on a one-man show about grief, which is sort of, you know, this subject, which is definitely the subject. And I have tried to work out parts of those shows at stand-up shows. Mm. It's It's been brutal. I mean, like, the people are... I don't think I lose the audience in terms of like them paying attention to me, but I definitely don't want, I'm only going to do it at a show where I'm last. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah, make the yeah, guy, yeah. the guy coming up next with his arm tucked in his shirt. I, yeah. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not going to make him follow, follow that. I have done like when you, there's zoom shows with, um, with, where I can like show slides or like shows where I've done like PowerPointy kind of things, which isn't quite, it's like stand up adjacent. Yeah, yeah. I have done material like that, but it's weird because I think visuals would make the humor pop. Really, yeah, right. For the, the part of it is that, that I want it to be good. Like, you know, it's like, it's about, I'm trying to do something with it. Of course. So it's like, it's about my son. I don't want to be like, ooh, let me, like, I don't want to be like, uh, you know, I don't want to do stuff that is shitty in his memory. And you might not want to, like, you know, with all stand-up, I lie or curb things a lot. And like, yes. I can see someone be like, you know, if it was a daughter, I think it would really, this could be a funny exactly. way. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no, yeah, you can't, you can't do that because you couldn't live with yourself. Yeah. And so it's hard, but also like, I don't, I'm not as disciplined a writer as I think you are. And I don't know what your style is. No, I'm not stand up. But, but, but you write, you do like characters and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, you write yeah, down yeah. your sketches. Punctuation yeah. is not almost, always great. <laughs> almost everything that I write, I write on its feet. Like I, I'm like, no. I have an idea about this. I think something is funny about how Advil, you know, is, is delicious or whatever. So I'll get up and I'm just going to talk about it. Are you going to do that at the show then? Yeah, probably. I'll probably do only, I'll do 40 minutes of Advil. Advil. The, oh, you think you're doing 40 minutes? For, I, was told, I was told 45 and it was a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, I don't mind if that, if that bombs, I get up there, I do it. It's terrible. Whatever. I play it back. I hear the one laugh that I'll build the set from there. When you're doing stuff about a dead person, it's very, you know, you don't, it's already, it's, it's, you're starting at bomb. Like I'm introducing the subject is yeah. a bomb. That's bomb there. Yeah. You don't want to live down there the whole time. It's not good for the audience. It's not good for you. It's not good for the memory of your son or whoever. Yeah. It's hard. So the short answer to that is that I have tried, it has not gone very well. And I don't know that I will ever try to do it in that context again, but we'll see if I feel like I have something good to say, then I will. You're welcome to do it at at our show. Oh God, that would just be, that would just be a nightmare. A complete and total, I, like doing it to a room where that's like socially distanced. Like the room is already half empty yeah. just from jump. Doesn't sound, doesn't sound like the way to go. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's go on to, uh, uh, this has got to stop. I think we got it right here. This has got to stop. This has got to stop. Is that the, who did that? The same guy? Same, same, same guy. guy. What's his we name don't again? have like multiple, like, <laughs> you don't have, you don't have this one was by Kanye, this DJ Khaled. Who, who's one. the guy? What's his name Douglas again? Douglas Goodhart. Douglas Goodhart. You're better. You're, you're better than this, Douglas. You deserve, you deserve better. He's great. What do you mean? I just mean like he should be, he should be right. Making, he should be making big time music. Uh, so my, this has got to stop is people telling <laughs> my musician friend, this is, this is a great gig. I mean, you know, how whoever, you, whoever, like, how much did, did you pay the him to do that? Sounds for Joe Rogan about how the much did goes, you pay? <laughs> you know, he probably is now a big record deal yeah, because of that. He's rich. How much did you pay that guy to do that? He, I offered, he did it for free. I offered, that's what, I, that's I offered all I'm saying. money. All I'm saying is I Douglas, money. you should have taken the money. You deserve it. It's good enough. That's all I'm saying is it's good. It's good. 
Doug deserves the money. All right, so we're going to cut that part out. So you should what is him. your, this has got to stop. Well, okay, here's what has to stop. You know when you go to, hey, maybe you don't. I go to restaurants with people all the time and there's going to be happening more that the pandemic's over and they drink. I don't drink. And now I'm splitting the check. No, no, way. no, no, absolutely. No. Absolutely. Fucking not. That is over for sure. <laughs> you're going to pay for what you got. And if you're not, I'm going to gratuitous, gratuitously order some bullshit. I don't even want to eat I, just so you have to pay as much as I pay for the shit that you didn't have. I think that's crazy. It's I think, insane. I think, Russell, as someone who drinks a lot, I think I've never, like, I always am. I feel like you have to be aware if you're doing something crazy. Like if you're ordering something a lot more than I other felt people. guilty. We had a dinner. We had uh, uh, COVID. It was the first, like the first outdoor meal that we okay. had been to in COVID in New when Hampshire. Was this? Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, they had allowed me to stay at their uh, place Who's in that? New Hampshire. My, uh, my wife, his wife's okay. family. Lots okay, of wife, brag. <laughs> it was it was a good deal. And uh, I I felt like oh let me let me pay for a, a nice dinner and we went out and you you got a couple drinks yeah. And then when the check came, you offered to uh, have me pay seventy five, and then you paid for the rest of the drinks essentially. And I right. felt like I'm an I'm an asshole. I should have totally paid for that full bill. Oh, he he offered the nice thing, and you he felt offered. weird about it. Yeah, he offered the nice thing. I just feel like I, I do there feel a couple like drinks, I, there's there's been times <laughs> where even if it's like not even if people were drinking, I'm like some, but that couple ordered a full bottle of something that's like way more expensive than the draft beers that the rest of us were ordering. So even then I'm like, well, no, it's not the same. Like, I just feel like everyone needs to be really like honest with themselves in terms of what everyone's doing. I I think that that's crazy to like, what I'm doing up top now is uh, uh, we sit down. I'm saying, is this a splitting the check situation? I just want to know. Just get, get I wanna, into it. I want everybody to be thinking about it. Yeah. Are we going to split the check? Okay, then what are you? Ha- I'm going to order the same dollar value of whatever you're getting. I'm getting that too. Yeah. You understand? I'm going to social. Is this socialism? Is this the opposite? Of- no, this what is, is socialism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you order a bottle of red that you drink by yourself and I'm subsidizing that. No, 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 no. I know you and my girlfriend had dinner two nights ago, so I have to ask, yeah. what was the situation there? Uh, she paid for the whole. She paid, or either she paid for it, or she's she paid for it, or the other manager paid for it because it was like it was like an industry, oh. you know. If that was an industry meal, okay, oh. you know what I mean. Did you drink that time, or you just don't drink? Period? I don't drink. I, alcohol tastes bad to me. It makes me feel bad, and it's expensive. So I just don't. I don't like a cool reason. Where I don't like a an ex, a thing that happened to me. You know, what I mean, it'd be cool if I was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, I got yeah. into a fight with a bunch of guys at a at a bar. That never happened. Mm-hmm. It just makes me feel bad, and it's expensive. All right, that was that was a good. This has got to stop. Is that okay? Yeah, That's I great. think sitting down with someone and saying, "Are we splitting this?" feels a harsh vibe to start I a don't with. I don't I think I think if you know what you want you you're know, generous why not go you there? are very generous with paying though Russell he's very hard if you like want to pay him back for something or pay for something you're like how much do I owe you for this Russell's very much a no 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 it's fine I got it you're very I wouldn't do it I wouldn't do it one-on-one I would never do it with one person because I feel like with one no, person it's, a group. it's very it's clear a group. A group. if it's 10 people I want to know the deal yeah. yes. I want to know what's going on before we get into this because sometimes you're like I wouldn't have done this then <laughs> Do you yeah, know what exactly. I mean? like I'm, if this is going to cost $20, $30 more than what I thought it was going to be, I yeah. wouldn't have done this. Or if you're like, I'm I coming here, I'm up. just going to have an appetizer because I don't want to spend a lot of money. Yeah. And then some asshole just goes, you know, let's just split it eight ways. And you're like, fuck, yeah. I'm trapped. But the social contract traps me into saying yes to that. Um, I have to do that. This is a little unrelated, but one time my wife and I, we, we like to eat and we like to drink. We, um, <laughs> we, and we always 
cover what we need to but one, but we really like to or like we we or we, you know so we were upstate for like a for christmas and um and i went with a bunch of friends uh for like a christmas like uh, with friends meal and we were in our minds we were like this is upstate so it's gonna be like so cheap like and so we were ordering like insane things and at the end they were like everyone's like okay well we can just split this and then uh, cause everyone thought in theory we were all doing it. And then I saw their faces and I was like, Oh no, Nicole and I ordered a lot more. Let's just like, let's just like look at what we did. The damage we did. We spent $500 <gasps> in upstate New York. Like oh. upstate New York. We, we now in New York city, when we go like crazy, like at a nice place, we'll be like, Still less than that one time in upstate New York. We spent five hundred, and, and everyone else there probably spent eighty dollars as couples. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't even know how we did it, um, but I saw their faces, and they were they were like they were doing that thing. They were freaking out, and we didn't what, realize that. What was the fa- what was the face drop? Was it just a? They were like just because someone they were like oh well I'll just split it, and then they, they were looking and and they were just like. Oh, um, <laughs> they did the, um, and, and I was like, oh, and then, then, then I real, I saw, I was like, oh, you know, no, we like really ordered. So I, I, that I, I so. um, all right. Well now if we go into our final segment, uh, you better count your blessing. This is you better count your blessing. Uh, we've had a mix positive, negative. I think we got some negatives in there. And so, uh, my, my blessing, I'm going to say um, is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I, you know, I shouldn't do too many Russell blessings and this will be once the show is done, but Russell, we're on a sketch team together and we can be, you know, sometimes you write the sketches so you get a starring role. Uh-huh, sure. And, uh, Russell, uh, wrote a sketch that I, that I feel like I have a big chunk in. Mm-hmm. Something it's, healthy. It's like, it's a real, it's a real something to sink your teeth into. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, uh, i I'm nervous about memorizing it, but it feels, it feels nice to have someone uh, uh, trust you with that, Absolutely. and I, I feel I've I've worked with Russell for five years now or so, and I feel like uh, I like have a sense of like, oh, this is how a Russell song goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. Uh, uh, he's he's very good. One of the best like um, lists is too easy a way to put it, but it's just like kind of just long monologues with lots of details. And there's just a certain way. Sometimes you have to underplay it, super underplay it, or drive through it to really make it pop. I'm excited. And uh, I hope it. I hope it. I hope it works. Yeah. And I, I hope the next one we're like. Uh, <laughs> I take back. We're gonna have a take this back the blessing. Stop Russell writing me sketches. <laughs> <laughs> um, Russell, do you have a blessing? Um, I do. Um, I when I went home on Saturday after I was here, um, uh, my wife had rearranged like the entire house. And uh, it's been nice after the dog died. It feels like things are like our bedrooms new and like she hung up a gallery wall. So it was just like a really nice. I I felt very thankful that it it felt like a shift of things. And just even if that's uh, masking something or just being (laughs) like you come up today (laughs) and like it's all different the same. Even if it's like just like me not dealing with I was like, oh, this is a new house. We don't we're not sad. Do you know what I mean? Like. So uh, I'm thankful. For the effort that. is nice. Yes. Even, even if it's just trying, even if it's just, just trying like moving to some yes, things around. Absolutely. So I felt good about that. That's, That's great. Yeah. Coming home to things, things is a really nice. I know. It's just any kind of thing that we hadn't. They've been stored oh, for a long huge. time. It was just like a very nice thing. I was very surprised. And yeah. uh, Michael Cruz came. What's your blessing? Uh, I think mine would be. It's pretty hokey, but it's 
making my kids laugh. Like I told them a joke because I, my son is 11. And I feel like we're getting very close. We're not that many years away from me telling him jokes and him being like, oh my God, shut the fuck up oh, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, dad, you're so lame. He would never, he's so nice, but please God, don't let him turn into a terrible person. But <laughs> I just don't know how much longer I'm like, as he ages, he's like, you know, getting ready to go through puberty. And I just, I know like once he gets that first zit, it's going to be, it's going to be done. He's not going to yeah. be laughing at my jokes anymore. I told this joke. Do you know, it's like a, a joke about a guy who has a huge orange head. No, tell us, please. Should I tell this joke? I would love please. to hear it. Ugh, okay. The, it's disappointment humor. That's great. You don't have to tell me the genre. Okay. Uh, so this guy walks into a bar, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got a huge orange head, an enormous, enormous orange head. Uh-huh. And he asks the bartender for a whiskey. Bartender's like, you know what? I'll, I'll give it to you for free. Give it to you for free if you tell me. And it's not, my, it's not my business, but I'll give it to you for free if you would tell me what the deal is. You're, I mean, you have, and the guy's like, I have a huge orange head. And the guy says, yeah. If you would tell me, that'd be great. So uh, the guy says, sure, that's great. So he gets, a, he gets his whiskey and he's like, listen, um, I was cleaning my grandmother's attic two days ago and I'm cleaning off this lamp and a genie comes out and the genie says, it's going to grant me three wishes. You know, the whole, like the whole genie thing, it's, it, it exists. And uh, so I, I tried it out as my first wish was for a billion dollars. I, you know, I knew that was going to happen, but I gave it a shot. And he said, check your Venmo. And I looked in my Venmo and I'd just been Venmoed a billion, a billion dollars. <laughs> and the bartender's like, holy cow, that's incredible. It's not, that's not really what I'm asking about. And uh, the guy says, uh, well, let me just hang on. I'll get to it. My, my second wish was for a woman who would love me despite all my faults for as long as I live. And all of a sudden there was a woman standing right next to me. It's beautiful uh, woman. And she is everything I could have ever asked for. And the bartender's like, okay, that's, I mean, fascinating and, and wonderful, but it doesn't. And the guy's like, okay, hang on. My third wish, and here is, I think, where I went wrong, is I wished for a huge orange head. One, two, three. I think we'll end the episode there. <laughs> I think, Perfect. I think that's kind of that's the perfect good. ending. Yeah.